الله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله حمد الشاكرين والصلاة والسلام على سيد المرسلين سيدنا محمد وعلى اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد طب القلوب ودوائها والنور الأبصار وضيائها وعافية الأبدان والشفائها وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على سيدنا محمد كلما ذكرك الذاكرون وغفل عن ذكرك الغافلون الحمد لله we stopped on the verse in surah al-baqarah which is verse number 40 ya bani israil adhkuru ni'mati allati an'amtu alaykum wa awfu bi'ahdi awfi bi'ahdikum wa iyaya farhabun this verse comes after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala firstly addresses all of humanity. After addressing all of humanity, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs them of their origins. Prior to that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed us of the categories of human beings, three categories, and then humanity, after which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed us with regard to the origin of Adam alayhi salam and Bani Adam, the progeny of Adam alayhi salam. After this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses a particular group, a specific group from within Bani Adam, which is addressed as Ya Bani Israel. Bani meaning the offspring, the progeny. Banu being the progeny of someone. Ya Bani Israel. O progeny, O O children of whom Israel. Israel is one of the names of Sayyiduna Ya'qub So here the progeny of Ya'qub is being addressed. This particular group was being addressed in Al-Madinatul Munawwarah in the time of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That they were actual descendants of Ya'qub The Ashkenazi Jews currently occupy Palestine. The European Ashkenazi Jews are not from the progeny of Yaqub They are not a Semitic race. They are in fact Turkic in origin. So even some Arab leaders, when they address them as their cousins, or they address them as being the progeny of Ishaq this is a gross error and a mistake. The current Ashkenazi Jews are not from Bani Israel. They are people who adopted Judaism in the seventh century in Central Asia, and then during the Khaza dynasty, which was a dynasty between modern-day Russia and South, uh, the Central Asia and the Middle East, a dynasty known as the Khaza dynasty. And then they dispersed and scattered after the 10th century, and many of them migrated to Europe, where they formulated European Jewish communities they adopted Judaism, and Judaism is what the interpretation of the teachings of Sayyiduna Musa salam in accordance with the interpretation of the tribe of Judah, which is one tribe from the 12 tribes of Israel. The tribe of Judah split from the 11 tribes in the history of Ben Israel, which we will mention elsewhere when we come across those verses of relevant verses of Al-Quran Al-Kareem. Ya Bani Israel, O progeny of Israel. What is the meaning of Israel? If you notice, Mikael, Israel, Israfil, they all finish in Il. This is what Il is in the meaning of what? Allah. In the Ibrani, Hebrew language. Il is in the name of Allah. So, Israel, the, the word Isra has a meaning. Israel, the pure servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is the title of Ya'qub salam. And Sayyiduna Ya'qub salam would be Semitic because he was from the offspring of Ibrahim salam. Therefore, this epithet, anti-Semitism, applies more on the illegal state of Israel today than any other state. Because the state of Israel even though it calls itself Israel, Israel, this name does not belong to that state. 
because Israel is the name of Yaqub and he was Semitic and he was a Muahid. He was a believer in Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But the current state that we have, it's an Ashkenazi state, Ashkenazi Jewish state, European in its origin, a European colonial entity that has entrenched itself within Palestine. It has no origins with Semitism. In fact, the state itself is anti-Semitic because it kills and murders Semitic people who are the Palestinians. So the Palestinians are actual Semitic people who are being killed by the state which utilizes and uh, the term anti-Semitism and also benefits and profits from the Holocaust industry. The Holocaust industry, the sympathy for the Jewish race post-World War I, there is an industry that the illegal state of Israel benefits from. So when you read this Ya Bani Israel in the Quran, it is addressing the Semitic Israel, uh, Bani Israel, the progeny of Israel السلام, that resided in Al-Madinah Al-Munawwara at that time. What happened to them will be mentioned in Surah Al-Hashr later that they were exiled from the Arabian Peninsula. Sayyiduna Umar radiallahu an banished all of them. They were sent to greater Syria, Asham, And then they resided in places like Damascus. Those Semitic Jews then were drawn into the state of Israel today. Those Semitic Jews are the ones being addressed as Bani Israel. So they are a minority within the illegal state of Israel. The Semitic Jews, the darker colored Jews, the Jews who are actually of a Middle Eastern or a Near Eastern origin. They are a minority group within modern day, uh, the modern illegal state of Israel. But there is a whole history of this group that was addressed in the time of the Messenger of Allah وسلم. But they are, many of them adopted Islam also and entered the Muslim community. Like Abdullah bin Salam, an, a companion of the Messenger of Allah Many of them became Muslim. If they did not become Muslim in the time of the Messenger of Allah وسلم, they became Muslim after, in later generations, when they migrated to other towns and cities. And therefore they became a part of the Arab community, meaning they mixed with the Arabs, married amongst them, and their origins became forgotten, racial origins. So here when the, the tribe is being addressed, Ya Bani Israel, it's a group of Jews that resided in Al-Madinatul Munawwara. Why did they decide to stay in Al-Madinatul Munawwara? Because of the Torah informing them, and Sayyiduna Isa salam informing Bani Israel in the Injil with regard to what? The Prophet Nabiyu Akhir Zaman, the Prophet of the end of times, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, that shall reside in what was known at that time as Yathrib. So the Jews would refer to Al Madinatul Munawwara as Yathrib. Now note the term Judaism or Jew, Jew is a short form for Judaism, is in reference to the religious ideology or an ideology itself, because even today you can have an atheist Jew, you can have a secular Jew. Bani Israel is in reference to a racial identity. So today Bani Israel is scattered. Some of them have become a part of the Arab genetic basin. Some of them have become a part of the Near Eastern genetic basin, meaning groupings. Some of them remain and identify themselves as Jews. But when we say Judaism, Judaism is an ideology, not a racial identity. What is the proof for this? The proof for this is the modern state, illegal state known as Israel. Why? They are not one racial identity. You have people from Afghanistan, identifying themselves as Jew. You have people from Iran identifying themselves as Jews. You have 
Indians identifying themselves as Jews. You have Africans, the flasher from Ethiopia identifying themselves as Jews. You have the Ashkenazis identifying themselves as Jews. You have secular people identifying themselves as a Jews. You even have atheists identifying themselves as Jews. That therefore Judaism or Jew is an ideology. It's not a racial identity. But if you say Bani Israel, then the genetic is the genetic that goes back to the progeny of Yaqub Some of them who read the Torah and were learned in the Torah, they settled in Al Madinatul Munawwara waiting for the Nabiyu Akhir Zaman, the Prophet of the End of Times, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And we will notice also in the hadith of the Malhama, the major slaughter that will happen in the end of times, Yathrib is mentioned with regard to Al Madinatul Munawwara. And Ilya is mentioned with regard to Jerusalem, ancient names of the two cities relating to the end of times because of the Jewish occupation that will occur in the end of times. Now, a question here is <coughs> the Bani Israel that when they are addressed, and you should cause corruption in the earth twice. In Surah Al-Isra, Bani Israel is addressed. The response to that is the modern illegal entity known as Israel has a minority group of Bani Israel within them. And the Judaic ideology is being addressed. The Quran is addressing the ideology of Judaism, not necessarily a, Jew, a racial group. Because Abdullah bin Salam radiallahu an, genetically he was from Bani Israel, but he was a great Sahabi, a companion of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Sayyidatuna Safiya radiallahu anha was genetically from Bani Israel, yet she is from the mothers of the believers. So Islam does not have a hatred for any racial group. All the races are equal in Islam. But what is being addressed here is the ideology that is adopted. And in this particular case, Bani Israel as a racial group is being addressed with regard to their favors, the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon them. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressing them says, Ya Bani Israel adhkuru, O progeny of Israel, meaning Yaqub alayhi salam, those of them who, who resided in Al-Madinatul Munawra. Udhkuru, remember, this entails that a believer, when he does dhikrullah, remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he also does dhikr, dhikr of what? Ni'mullah, the favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Ni'matiya allati anna'amtu alaykum. So ni'matiya, my favor, ni'mati, my unique favor of what? That I conferred upon you. Meaning in that time when they were captives in Egypt and while being captives in Egypt, then Musa salam took them across the Red Sea, which became known as the Exodus. And they, the Exodus occurred from Egypt to the Sinai Peninsula. That favor which I conferred upon you. And complete. Here comes in the meaning of what? To complete. Ifa. Atimmu. Complete. Complete what? Awfu bi'ahdi. That complete what? Ahdi. Ahd is what? The covenant. And Mithaq is when the covenant is tied. So Ahd is the covenant that they made with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Note also there is a rabtiya, a clear connection of this verse with the previous verses where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressed Sayyiduna Adam alayhi salam that when he will be sent down, the revelation will be sent to Adam salam and prophets from his progeny. And within them, the people will be divided to believers and those who are unbelievers. And also that they must fulfill the covenant with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What is the covenant? 
to follow the divine commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, bi'ahdi," And complete my covenant. What is that? Complete the covenant of following this messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That they were given glad tidings regarding Sayyiduna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the Torah and in the Injil and in the Zabur. So, awfu bi'ahdi, complete my covenant. Ufi bi'ahdikum. And I will complete ahdikum, your covenant, which is what? What I promised you. What is the promise? An-najatu min an-nar, salvation from the fire. What is the promise given to them? The promise given to them is khair, goodness in the dunya and in the akhirah. And remember, those of them who adopted Islam, like Sayyiduna Abdullah bin Salam radiallahu an, they fulfilled the covenant in the time of the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Wa farhabun. Wa This is from the pronouns when we say iyana, indeed us, or for instance in Surah Al-Fatiha, iyaka na'budu wa iyaka nasta'in. We only worship you and we only seek your help. Iyaka. Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to them, Wa and only me, farhabun. This word farhabun, it's a command. The word, the, the word is farhabuni, meaning what? Fear me. Farhabuni from ruhba. What is ruhba? Khawf, meaning fear. Have fear of me. Meaning do, do not fear people. Because some of them began to fear the people. Farhabun. If this was farhabuni, but here the ya is dropped. And whenever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is addressing the him, himself, the ya is dropped. Why? To show that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is in close proximity. Udu'uni. Call upon me. Udu'uni, meaning the ya is dropped. Udu'uni. Why? When you call upon him, he is close to you. Close how? With his divine knowledge. Close how? With his divine qudra. Close how? With his divine irada. The effectuation of what he wills occurs. So, farhabun wa iyaya farhabun. Have fear of me, meaning do not fear the makhluk. Do not fear the creation. Because some of them, they became afraid that if we acknowledge this prophet of the end of times and fulfill our covenant with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then what will happen? The people will harm us. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds them, وَإِيَّايَا farhabun," And only fear me. Remember, مَنْ خَافَ اللَّهَ خَافَهُ كُلُّ شَيْءٍ Whoever fears Allah, everything else fears him. So if you fulfill that, then everything else will fear you. It's mentioned with regard to a jurist, a faqih. He went out in Egypt somewhere to visit a wali of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. During the visit, he went out in the courtyard to perform wudu ablution and a wild cat emerged. So he ran back into the house. So the wali came out the house and he shouted at the wild cat saying, how many times have I told you not to disturb my guests? And then he tweaked the ear of the cat and sent the cat away, meaning the wild cat, like a lynx or something. So then he said to the, the faqih, to the jurist, that you qawamtum al-zahir. You only busied yourself with the outward. But he said, qawamna al-batina wa khafana kullu shay. We straightened our inward and everything feared us. So, وَمَنْ خَافَ اللَّهَ خَافَهُ كُلُّ شَيْءٍ Whoever fears Allah, everything else fears him. Meaning adopting taqwa in asir wal-ilan, in private and in public, adopting the commands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informed Bani Israel, وَإِيَّايَا فَرْهَبُونَ Only fear me, meaning do not fear the makhluq. وَآمِنُوا So, وَآمِنُوا And believe. آمِنُوا Command. 
Remember the word Iman is originally, uh, it has the same root letters as what? Amina, from Amn, which is security. When you believe, you attain security. Believe in what? What I have revealed. What was revealed? Al-Quran Al-Kareem. Meaning this Quran, believe in this Quran. Bima anzaltu. Musaddiqan lima ma'akum. This Quran, musaddiqan. It's what it affirms. This is from tasdiq. Tasdiq is to affirm something. That what does this Quran do? Musaddiqan lima ma'akum. That this Quran confirms that which is with you. Now, what did they have with them? At that time, they had the Torah. They had the Torah, which was a, an oral tradition written and sometimes passed down in writing. The manuscripts of the Torah that they had, if the Quran, according to them, was false, they could have contradicted the Quran regarding the claims of the Quran. But at the same time, they could have said the Quran is imitating the Torah. So when the Qur'an doesn't contradict the Torah, they could have claimed what? That the Qur'an is copying from the Torah. Neither of these two claims were made by the Jews. And remember, the, the Jews are a race that will have those arguments. You can see the way they behave with regard to the state of Israel, but they never brought out those arguments. Why? Because the, firstly, when the Qur'an did not contradict the Torah, it in fact informed them of what is in the Torah and what they were ignorant of. But it also added information which they could never deny. So if they claim that the Quran is copying from the Torah, this claim was contradicted by the fact that the Quran would inform them of things they were ignorant of. And they could never contradict the Quran. Additionally, the Torah was written in Ibrani, Hebrew. And the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi was untaught, unlettered. Unlettered, meaning not taught by any human being to read and write in Arabic, never mind in Ibrani, in Hebrew. Who taught him? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No human being could come along and say, I taught him as a child how to read and write. Or I taught him as an adult how to read and write. So all their claims were falsified by the Quran. Aminu bima anzaltu musaddiqan lima ma'akum. This Quran bima anzaltu what I have revealed musaddiqan lima ma'akum it confirms that which is with you wala takunu awwala kafirin bih. Do not be wala takunu. You bani Israel la takunu. Do not be awwala kafirin bih. Do not be the first disbelievers in the Quran. Meaning you have access to this Torah which confirms the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. In the time of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the ruling of stoning was mentioned. And one of them, when he was instructed to bring out the Torah, he placed his finger or a part of his hand on the verses of stoning in order to cover up the facts with regard to the stoning, which is mentioned in the Torah. Meaning concealment. They were able to conceal the verses of stoning from the, their congregation. But the Messenger of Allah informed them that the verses of stoning are found in the Torah. Similarly, in the Torah, there was an exact description of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And they attempted to cover up that description. Remember, there is a difference between the Quran and all previous revelations. The difference is previous revelations, the nations were commanded to preserve the revelations themselves. So if they decided to tamper something, they were able to tamper it. The Quran is the only book which was revealed and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guaranteed its preservation. Even if Muslims become negligent, the Quran will be preserved. وَلَا تَكُونُوا أَوَّلَ كَافِرٍ بِهِ وَلَا تَشْتَرُوا بِآيَاتِهِ ثَمَنًا قَلِيلًا 
and do not buy. So this is a warning for Bani Israel. But remember the warnings that are written for Bani Israel in Al-Quran Al-Kareem. They are a warning to the Ummah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam also. And do not buy. This is from Ishtara. Ishtara is to buy. وَلَا تَشْتَرُوا بِآيَاتِ ثَمَنًا قَلِيلًا Do not buy with my verses. ثَمَنًا قَلِيلًا ثَمَنًا is a price. قَلِيلًا is small. قَلِيلًا الصِّفَةُ الْمُشَبَّهَةُ Meaning very, something very, from قَلَّ To be very, a very small amount. ثَمَن is the price of something. While قِيمًا is the value of something. ثَمَنًا قَلِيلًا is what a small price. What happened in that time? Some of them were paid off by Yahud like Ka'ab bin Ashraf. He was like the Benjamin Netanyahu of his day. That he, at that time, what did he do? He paid off a few people to attempt to conceal the verses. And some of them accepted the payment. But the payment was so small. Meaning, uh, like some of these people now accept the state of Israel, the payment they are given is a small payment. وَلَا تَشْتَرُوا بِآيَاتِ ثَمَنًا قَلِيلًا Do not uh, buy uh, with my signs. Now, بِآيَاتِ Do not, what does this mean? Do not give away my signs and take a payment. Because the ba enters on the matruh. The thing that you give away, the ba enters on that بِآيَاتِ Do not give away my signs, meaning my book, my revelations. For what? ثَمَنًا قَلِيلًا A small price. That even if a person is given a, a, a huge wage for selling out, it will last how long? A few years until he feeds his, himself and his children haram. And then eventually when the angel of death arrives, the angel of death arrives suddenly. The way a person dozes off suddenly, a person can die suddenly. And the angel of death arrives and takes their soul and they enter into a different realm. So at that point, they will realize that what we sold our religion for was قليلة, a small petty price. So note here, again. And only me, فتقون. فتقون, uh, have taqwa. Meaning, what is taqwa? Taqwa, if you notice, Protect yourselves. وَأَهْلِيكُمْ Your families. Nara from the fire. From wiqaya. To protect. Al-wiqaya is protection. At-taqwa wa-iyaya fattaqoon. At-taqwa is what? At-taqwa is saving yourself from shirk. From polytheism. From kufr. At-taqwa is what? Saving yourself then from muharramat. Those things which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited. Then at-taqwa is what? Saving yourself from those things which are makruh, disliked in the sharia. Then saving yourself from those things which are khilaf awla, which are better left. Those things which the sharia does not recommend. But then higher forms of taqwa is what? Saving yourself from the absence of dhikrullah. Then saving yourself from ghafla, negligence. And the arifin, they have a level of taqwa where they are always engrossed in dhikrullah. So their mind, their heart will always be engrossed in dhikrullah. وَإِيَّا فَاتَّقُونَ That have taqwa of me. وَلَا تَلْبِسُوا الْحَقَّ بِالْبَاطِلِ وَتَكْتُمُوا الْحَقَّ وَإِنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ وَلَا تَلْبِسُوا Libas is covering. وَلَا تَلْبِسُوا Do not cover. Cover what? وَلَا تَلْبِسُوا الْحَقَّ Do not cover the truth. What is haqq? Haqq is that which is in, re- in accordance with reality. The external realities, whatever is in accordance with it, is the truth. وَلَا تَلْبِسُوا الْحَقَّ Would mean do not cover the truth. Meaning like, as if to say the truth was like a body or something physical and uh, falsehood is like a cloth that covers the truth similar to what magicians do or similar to what the media does today that you have a reality a truth like the 
Palestinian child when he is killed, they will never describe it as murder. So the the media will not describe it as the Israeli terrorists today murdered five Palestinian children. They what will they say? Israeli security forces killed five Palestinians. They may remove children. So this is. Uh, do not cover the truth with what with falsehood similar to what the media does today but in that time you had the media of that time where they would cover the truth so the truthfulness of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam they attempted to cover this and the second one is what kitman so one is do not cover the truth. The other was kitman. What is kitman? Concealment. So one is when the truth is manifest, you distort the truth. The second is what? That the truth is unknown. So an incident may occur and the truth will be concealed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands Ban Israel and you conceal the truth and you, at the same time you know what was that haq the description of the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in the Torah so the majority of their congregation are al-ummiyun what is al-ummiyun illiterate so remember one thing the word ummi is from the word um what does um mean the mother when a child is born when he is born, he does not know how to read and write. So therefore, an ummi is a person who is born on his natural disposition of not knowing how to read and write. Because the meaning of um is uh, the origin of something. Like ummul qura, the mother of all cities. Because all cities go back to Makkah al-Mukarramah. Because Makkah al-Mukarramah was the first city to be created. Meaning the foundations of Makkah were the first foundations of the earth. So it's known as Ummul Qura because all the towns go back to Makkah al-Mukarramah. Likewise, Ummul Kitab. Ummul Kitab is a title of the, the uh, Allah al-Mahfuz. The first book, Ummul Kitab, the mother of all books. And Ummi is a person who, if you ascribe them as being illiterate. But when we describe the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam as he is described in the Quran as being Ummi, what it means then, we do not use the word illiterate because illiterate is disrespectful. Illiterate has a connotation of what? Of ignorance. So therefore, we use the word unlettered and untaught. Untaught is the best because what Ummi for the Prophet ﷺ means is that no human being taught him how to read and write. Then the ulama of ikhtilaf, they have a dispute. After revelation, was he able to read and write? A group of scholars took the position, yes, through wahi. And a group of scholars, they said, even then, he, he was unable to read and write because it was a mu'jiza. They do not say this out of disparagement. A mu'jiza, that a person who has never been taught to read and write, he's still able to recite the Qur'an. And the other ulama, they take a position, they say, there were times when the Messenger of Allah, sallallahu alayhi wa corrected people who were writing and he would correct them so this entails and this would be the correct position that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught him how to read and write which is a greater miracle so but what you cannot describe the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam with is illiterate but those Christians and Jews who would listen to the Torah and the Injil they were illiterate in the sense they had no knowledge and they would only listen to the rabbis, whatever the rabbis would inform them of. So, they are told, And do not cover the truth, Do not cover the truth with falsehood. And conceal the truth, which is the description of the Messenger of Allah And your case is such that you know. So even the father of Sayyidatuna, Safiya radiallahu anha, she overheard her father and the Bani Israel, the Jews, or you'd say the Israelites, 
discussing amongst themselves, they wouldn't be described as Jews in that sense because now the identification of Jew is different. But they were Israelites discussing amongst themselves the truthfulness of the Messenger of Allah. She overheard the conversation, and this is what led her to happily marry the Messenger of Allah and remain as a Muslim. And your case is such that you know that you are concealing the truth. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses them again. So these are, remember, an-nawahi. What is an-nawahi? Prohibitions. They are commanded, firstly, they are commanded, awamir. Complete the ahad. Complete the ahad, the covenant with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are commanded, لا تلبسوا الحق Do not cover the truth. They are commanded not to, con- uh, not to cover the truth and not to conceal the truth. So not to cover, cover the truth with falsehood and not to conceal the truth. And then they are commanded. وَأَقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ And establish the prayer. أَقِيمُوا is command from أَقَامَ يُقِيمُ إِقَامَةً أَقِيمُوا Establish the prayer. If you say qama yaqum, it means to stand. Aqim, aqimu, or aqim is what established. This this is where the word iqama is from. Wa aqimu salata wa atu zakata. Note how both a salah prayer and zakat are mentioned together. Bani Israel in their time, they were given commands where the Sharia became restricted for them to the point that in their Sharia they would have to give one-fourth of their wealth as zakat. In their Sharia, meaning the Sharia that was revealed upon Musa if someone carried out a sin at night, the sin would be written down on the door. So if in the privacy of their own homes, if they carried out a sin, in the morning they would find the sin written on the front door. Similarly, if an impurity went on the cloth, they would have to dis- dispose of the cloth or cut the impurity. They were not permitted to wash. They were not permitted to do tayammum. So they would have to utilize water. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will addresses the reason why the sharia became so strict for them further down. There were reasons why the Sharia became so restricted for them. But the Messenger of Allah sallallahu was rahmat, is rahmatan lil'alameen. A mercy for the universes. So in the sense that he is rahmah, the Sharia, his Sharia is also an embodiment of rahmah. So they went, the Bani Israel were not permitted to perform salah except in the masjid. But in the Sharia of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, we can perform Salah anywhere on the earth. With the exceptions being what places of Najasa, which the Hadith mentions like a Maqbara, a graveyard, the pens where animals are tied, the road where uh, impurities are on the road, the toilets, these type of things are mentioned with, uh, with regard to the prohibition. وَأَقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ Therefore, establish prayer. وَآتُوا الزَّكَاةَ So when they were commanded to establish prayer, if they followed the sun, if they followed the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they would have had an easy Sharia. Where they were commanded to pray numerous times, the Sharia is five times daily prayers. وَأَقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَآتُوا الزَّكَاةَ آتُوا الزَّكَاةَ Give your zakat. Uh, the definitions of zakat we carried out, uh, we covered earlier in Surah Al-Baqarah. A third command within one verse, which is that go into ruku'a those who perform ruku'a. What is ruku'a? Ruku'a is where a person is able to touch the knees, they bend the back to the degree that they are able to touch the knees. This is one aspect of the salah. One aspect of the salah. The salah has qiyam, 
the salah has ruku' the salah has sajda it has jalsa all these positions but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned warka'u ma'ar raki'in perform your ruku' with those who perform raki'in meaning pray your prayers in congregation and this is why some of the ulama they took the position that prayer in jama'ah in congregation is wajib they took this position. Some of them took the position, it's sunnah mu'akkada. It's an emphasized sunnah. Some of them mention that there are uh, reasons when the jama'ah, the congregation is wajib. But then there are al-adharul mubiha, reasons that validate not going to jama'ah, like rain. If the rain is so heavy that the clothes become wet, then the person is excused. If there is snow, the person is excused. Like this, they count numerous excuses that validate for a person not to attend the jama'ah. But if they are not under any excuse, any one of these excuses do not apply to them, then the ulama in the Hanafi school, they took the position that it, it is sunnah mu'akkada qareeb al-wajib, sunnah mu'akkada, an emphasized sunnah that is near wajib, or some of them took the position that it is wajib. Then they are told, is to command, they are told, are you commanding humanity, meaning anasiya, meaning people in general? Are you commanding the people atamurun anasa bil birri? With what al bir? Kindness. This word al bir, in its original meaning, is al fadaul wasi'. What is al fadaul wasi'? An open space. But then, kindness is likened to an open space. Because when a person shows kindness, they show an open heart. So, al-bir is kindness. This is why al-bar is the earth. Is what? Al-bar. Al-bar is the earth. Why? Because the earth is vast. So the earth is referred to as al-bar. Al-bir is kindness. So when a person is kind, their heart is open. So, ata'muroon al-nasa bil-birri. Firstly, are you commanding, meaning you, Bani Israel, you command people for kindness, bil-birri. But But then you forget yourself. Tansona Nasiya or Nisyan. Nasiya is he forgot. Nisyan is forgetfulness. Meaning you abandon advising or commanding yourself. And you are such a group that Tatlun al Kitab, you recite the book. Tala yatlu is to follow. So when in the Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Walqamari ida talaha, and by the moon, when the moon follows the sun. So the phases of the moon, Walqamari ida talaha. Tala is what? To follow. This is why tilawa recitation is to follow something. Because when you recite, you follow the recitation of something. Utlu. To recite utlu means to recite after someone. So, وَأَنْتُمْ تَتْلُونَ الْكِتَابِ That you recite what? Al-Kitab. This word Al-Kitab, as I mentioned uh, numerous times pre- uh, previously, Al-Kitab is in reference to the revelations that were sent down in previous times. So they've recited a Torah and they are told that you أَتَأْمُرُونَ النَّاسَ بِالْبِرِّ you command people to do kindness and at the same time you forget yourselves. Then your state is such that you what? That you recite Al-Kitab which is a Torah. Which you recite a book meaning you have knowledge of this yet you abandon acting upon that which you tell others. Do you not use your intellects what is al-aql? Like we have al-qalb. Al-qalb, firstly, you have the flesh, al-qalb. But 
الروح resides in the قلب you have عقل the عقل resides in the دماغ in the brain the proof is if you strike someone in the brain they lose their عقل like eyesight if you strike someone in the eyes and they lose their eyesight it's because basar resides in the eyes but it is something immaterial uh, meaning in the sense that we cannot touch it and it's not tangible but it's something that resides in the brain and we know it resides in the brain because when someone loses the aql we say his under his undertakings are those of a majnoon a person who loses his aql and the word majnoon itself is from jannah to cover meaning the intellect is covered وَأَنْتُمْ تَتْلُونَ الْكِتَابِ You recite the book أَفَلَا تَعَقِلُونَ Do you not exercise your intellect? Meaning how would they exercise the intellect? That they command others to do good and they have knowledge of the kitab which is what Torah but they are not exercising their minds. Meaning this is a lesson for the Muslims that we recite Al-Quran Al-Kareem that we adopt the teachings of Al-Quran Al-Kareem. We do not command others with righteousness, al-birr, forget ourselves, and then recite the Qur'an, وَأَنْتُمْ تَتْلُونَ الْكِتَابِ Then you recite the books, أَفَلَا تَعْقِلُونَ This is what? Uh, a rhetorical question. أَفَلَا تَعْقِلُونَ Do you not exercise your intellects? The answer is, of course, they do not. By abandoning, acting that which they know. So the azab, the punishment, for the alim who doesn't act upon his knowledge is severe and is mentioned in the books of hadith billah. This is why a person should rectify themselves at all times. But to act upon their knowledge, they are to- told what to do. Seek help. Aun is help. But when you place it on the scale of isti'ana, which is, it means to seek help. Whenever you place anything on the scale of isti'al, in, in, in Arabic it entails seeking something. So they are told how to overcome this problem. The cure is given. Wasta'inu, seek help. Seek help with what? Wasta'inu bi sabri wa salah. Seek help with patience and with prayer. Two things are mentioned. One is patience. Why is patience mentioned? Because in acts of worship, you need patience. When you fast all day, you need patience. This is why some of the commentators said, a sabri here is in reference to fasting. Because some people mistakenly say that we fast in order to remember the hunger of the poor. This is wrong. Because then what is the the poor supposed to remember when they fast? The answer is, that we fast in order to to train ourselves from what from restraining our ego learning self-restraint to have patience to so this yearly exercise we do of one month of fasting a year it is in order to train ourselves in having patience wasta'inu seek help with what patience a sabri a sabri in its original meaning means something bitter because patience is like taking something or tasting something which is bitter. So as-sabr was-ta'inu bi-sabri. First seek patience with what? As-sabr. And they had no sabr. They had no patience. The second thing was salah. That seek patience with salah. Salah is worship. As-salah in its original meaning is what? Is to burn something or roast something. Yaslaha in the Quran. Yaslaha, uh, that it burns. What does it burn? Meaning it roasts away, meaning the fire. Yaslaha, from the same root as salah. When a person worships, they place themselves in, a, in what? In the fire against the ego. Salah gives them this training. Salah gives them that discipline. Wasta'inu bi sabri wa salah. When a person needs to pray five times a day, it's self-discipline. The ego remembers its value. When a person goes into sajda, onto the earth, it humbles them. It removes arrogance. That salah removes arrogance because 
when you pray in jama'ah in congregation, you must stand next to every type of person. In salah also, when you go into sajda, you must go onto the floor, remembering your origins. In salah, you go into ruku', you bow down to your creator. You realize your innate neediness to your creator, meaning there is an, a spiritual effect in the salah. So, wasta'inu bi sabri wa salah. Seek out with what? A sabr, patience, and wa salah. Elsewhere in the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also mentions the nature of salah that salah is wastabir alayha. Wa'mur ahlaka bi salati. Command your family to pray. Wastabir alayha. And seek patience upon salah itself. So people who find salah five times a day hard, they find it difficult, they must seek patience from Allah to have patience upon the difficulties of salah. What are the difficulties of salah? Waking up, fighting laziness, performing the ablution, performing the action itself. They must seek patience with Allah for salah, to perform salah. Wastabir alayha. Wastabir means seek patience. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us that he will sustain us and he will sustain the family. Because some people became fearful that if they busy themselves with salah five times a day, they will be unable to feed their families. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs them that he will feed them and their families. وَاسْتَعِينُ بِالصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ وَإِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرَةٌ إِلَّا عَلَى الْخَاشِعِينَ وَإِنَّهَا and indeed it means salah. So, وَاسْتَعِينُ seek help with what? الصَّبْرِ وَالصَّلَاةِ with patience and with salah. وَإِنَّهَا and indeed it means salah. لَكَبِيرَةٌ is something major. Kabira that it becomes burdensome. Upon people. وَإِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرَةٌ Except upon whom? إِلَّا عَلَى الْخَاشِعِينَ Except as a group, a group of people who are described as al-khashi'een. If you check Surah Al-Mu'minun, you check the first 10 verses of Surah Al-Mu'minun, the believers are described. And they are described as khashi'een, as those who have khushu'. Meaning if you want to know the complete description of a believer, read and reflect. Ponder over the meanings of Surah Al-Mu'minun, the first 10 verses. The, the correct description of a believer. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us, وَإِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرَةٌ That this salah, praying, it's, a, it's burdensome. Except on a group of people who are described as al-khashi'een. Further down, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the next verse will describe the khashi'een. But what does khushu' entail? There are two things. One is khushu', one is khudu'. Khushu' is stillness of the body in prayer, in salah. Stillness of the limbs in salah. When a person is still in the prayer, he is described as khashi'. From the ashratu sa'a, the signs of the end of times, is that a person will go into the masjid and he will not observe a single khashi'. Not a single person who has khushu', not a single person who is still. Why? Because in the end of times, as we observe now, every few seconds, people are what? They are moving in the salah. Some of them play with their mobile phones. Some of them will blow their nose during the salah. This is from the ashratu sa'a, from the signs of the end of times. In fact, khushu' from the heart is the first spiritual knowledge which is removed from the Ummah of the Prophet The first manifest outward knowledge that is removed is Ilmul Mirath, the knowledge of inheritance laws. The knowledge of inheritance laws has not disappeared. It's still amongst us. But in practice, it may disappear in certain parts of the earth. But the knowledge of the khushu, of khushu has disappeared. That you enter the masjid, and there are very less people who have khushu' during the prayer. Khudu' on the other hand, is tranquility of the heart and stillness of the heart in the salah. So, a person has khushu' 
but they must also have khudu. And khushu' can never be uh, an act. Sayyiduna Umar radiallahu an would reprimand the people who do khushu' outside of the prayer in front of others, feeling a fake humility. In fact, at one point, someone had their head down. Sayyiduna Umar radiallahu an said, irfa' ra'sak, raise your head. Anta Muslim, you are a Muslim, raise your head. Meaning you do not have khushu' outside of the prayer because it becomes an act. If someone naturally has khushu', it's something else. But within the prayer, a person must restrain himself. In one hadith, the Messenger of Allah وسلم, warned people who look up in prayer that their eyesight can be snatched. What this means is that their eyesight can diminish over time. That the, the spiritual cause for that is that looking upwards in a prayer, in the salah, in the prayer, eventually leads to what? The diminishing of the eyesight. So a person should look straight ahead at the point of sajda, at the point of prostration in the salah. Otherwise, what the hadith mentions that the angels shall snatch the eyesight, it means what? The eyesight diminishes over time until it blinds. This is due to the absence of what? Khushu' in the prayer. Khudu' on the other hand is the inside. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes al-khashi'een. Illa ala al-khashi'een al-ladheena. Those, meaning who are these khashi'een? Who are the people who have khushu' Al-ladheena, those. Yadhunnuna annahum mulaqu rabbihim. They are those who have certainty. Yadhunnun. It comes in the meaning here, generally means to be doubtful. But sometimes it's used for certainty. So it's a word in its general meaning, it means doubtful. So you have yaqeen. Yaqeen is what? Absolute certainty. You Then you have what? You have dhan, which is near certainty. Then you have shak, which is what? Doubt. Then you have wahm, which is imagination. But sometimes the word dhan, it comes in the meaning of what? Yaqeen. Yadunnuna. That they have what? Certainty. Yadunnuna annahum mulaqu rabbihim. That they have certainty that they will meet their Lord. Mulaqu rabbihim. Laqa yulaqi is to meet. Laqiya is also to meet. Mulaqu. This originally was mulaqun. The noon was dropped because it's annexed to the next word. It became mulaqu rabbihim. That they will meet their Lord. So having certainty of going back to Allah leads to khushur. Meaning the key to take from this verse is having absolute certainty that a person will return back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It will lead to khushur of the heart. Mulaqu rabbihim. And they have absolute certainty that aside from meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they should indeed go back to Him. So uh, when we recite, inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi that we are for Allah, meaning we belong to Allah. And indeed, we will return back to Allah. Knowing this with the tongue and the mind is one thing, but knowing it with absolute certainty is another. When it is known with the heart with absolute certainty, it changes the way a person deals with daily things. It changes the way they worship. It changes the way uh, they have an outlook on life. That they know that they will meet their Lord. They will meet their Lord. And they will go back to Him. It leads to khushur in the prayer. So when they pray, they have khushur. Their prayer goes on to the point where some of the salaf, salaf salihun, they said when they prayed, they imagined themselves on the sirat, on the bridge. And they imagined the Kaaba in front of themselves and the angel of death behind them. On the right. With jahannam, meaning this type of certainty uh, in their salah. While there are others, who look forward to meeting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when they recite the verses of Al-Qur'anul Kareem. This is what uh, Al-Khushu' entails.
So note here the Rabb, the connection was that they They were commanding people to do good, but they were forgetting themselves and they were reciting the book. But then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded them to use their minds and what? Seek help with what? Patience and salah. Then when they were commanded to seek help with salah, the salah was described, the prayer was described, وَإِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرَةٌ إِلَّا عَلَى الْخَاشِعِينَ Yet the salah is still kabira, a major thing, except for a group of people who are known as al-khashi'een. Then the description of the khashi'een is given. الَّذِينَ يَظُنُّونَ أَنَّهُمْ مُلَاقُوا رَبِّهِمْ They are those who have certainty they will meet their Lord. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses Ben Israel again. يَا بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلَ اذْكُرُوا نِعْمَتِيَ الَّتِي أَنْعَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ وَأَنِّي فَضَّلْتُكُمْ عَلَى الْعَالَمِينَ So again, يَا بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلَ O Bani Israel, يَا بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلَ اذْكُرُوا Remember, نَعْمَتِيَ الَّتِي Remember my favor, meaning again, a different favor. Which favor? أَنْعَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ That I favored upon you, I conferred upon you, وَأَنِّي فَضَّلْتُكُمْ عَلَى الْعَالَمِينَ And indeed I gave you a virtue over the universes. Meaning what? In their time, why from all of humanity when we know that Anbiya prophets and Rusul, which is plural of Rusul, messengers were sent to every nation of the earth. Why is Bani Israel specified first? Because the most number of prophets and messengers were sent to Bani Israel. But why were the most number of prophets and rusuls sent to Bani Israel? Because the amount of corruption amongst them was the worst. The type of corruption they had. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I gave you a virtue over the entire universes. What was this virtue? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala selected them by sending numerous anbiya wa rusul, prophets and messengers alayhimu salatu wa salam in order to guide them. Faddaltukum ala al-alameen means in that time. So some people may say that do they have a virtue over all nations? The answer is no. In that particular time, like Sayyidatuna Maryam alayhi salam, is referred to as the best of women in alameen uh, in all of the universes. But then there is a dispute, meaning Sayyidatuna Aisha, Sayyidatuna Fatima, Sayyidatuna Khadija, radiallahu anhunna, all these women companions, they have a virtue greater than the virtue of Sayyidatuna Maryam alayhi but she was given what preference of the women of her time. So likewise, Bani Israel, they, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressing them, وَأَنِّي فَضَّلْتُكُمْ عَلَى الْعَالَمِينَ So, وَاتَّقُوا يَوْمًا لَا تَجْزِي نَفْسٌ عَنْ نَفْسٍ شَيْئًا وَلَا يُقْبَلُ مِنْهَا شَفَاعَةٌ وَلَا يُؤْخَذُ مِنْهَا عَدْلٌ وَلَا هُمْ يُنْصَرُونَ So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addressing them. وَاتَّقُوا Again, وَاتَّقُوا from taqwa. وَإِيَّايَ فَاتَّقُونَ And have taqwa of me. But now they are told, وَاتَّقُوا And fear. Or you could see, uh, say, be aware of what? وَاتَّقُوا يَوْمًا A tremendous day. يَوْمًا means what? A tremendous day. Because the word here is nakira. It's in the imperfect form. Meaning, uh, when some words, they are in the imp- imperfect. يَوْمًا They can mean something Tremendous, like وَفَدَيْنَاهُ بِذِبْحٍ عَظِيمٍ We compensated him, meaning whom? Ibrahim alayhi salam. بِذِبْحٍ With a slaughter عظيم, a tremendous slaughter. What was the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanding Sayyiduna Ibrahim alayhi salam to slaughter Sayyiduna Ismail and then compensating with a, a, a major sacrifice which was a goat? To abrogate the practice, the pagan practice of what? Which was 
prevalent in humanity at that time of slaughtering human beings. So when people say with regard to Ibrahim salam, that Ibrahim salam, he what was revealed to him was Al-Islam. Within the teachings of Islam, Al-Islam was the abrogation of the pagan practice of slaughtering human beings. But Ismail salam, because he was beloved to Ibrahim salam, it entailed that Ibrahim salam, was willing to sacrifice the most beloved thing to him, which was his son. Yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala cancelled all human sacrifices, which he never demanded in the first place. It was a human practice with no origin in divine revelation. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala abrogated this. And this is the meaning of Eid al-Adha. It's an abrogation of pagan practices. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to them, وَاتَّقُوا And have what? Be wary of what? Yawman, great day. As I said, the word imperfect. Yawman, it entails something great. Like, لَوْ أَنزَلْنَا هَذَا الْقُرْآنَ عَلَى جَبَلٍ if we had revealed this Qur'an upon a mountain, meaning Jabalinia means Jabalin Azim, huge mountain. If we reveal this Qur'an on a huge mountain, The entire mountain would have what? Disintegrated. So the word Jabal is imperfect. Yawman, meaning Yawman Azeeman, meaning Yawm Al-Qiyamah, the day of judgment. Wattaqu Yawman. Then what? Be wary of a day. لا تجزي نفس عن نفس شيئا ولا يقبل منها شفاعة ولا يؤخذ منها عدل ولا هم ينصرون. Inshallah, from this point we shall continue next week, as many people are fasting today because of the day of Arafat. Inshallah, we shall continue next week. جزا الله عنا سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم ما هو أهله. سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين